The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Yeah, y'all. Yeah, y'all. Welcome to The Working Artist Project. What's up, Greg? Good evening, uh, Mr. Douglas. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm feeling good. We got we got one of my old friends, one of your old friends, Mr. Ashlyn Parker. Yeah, we're very, very lucky to have one of the, the great trumpeters, uh, the great one of the great musicians and one of the all-time wonderful personalities of New Orleans joining us this evening, the great Ashlyn Parker. Uh, yo, Ashlyn, how you doing? I'm good. I'm going to send you a check for those very nice words, guys. Thank you so much. Well, you know, man, honestly, like having having uh, known you over the last uh, ten or so years, it's it's not really hard to find anything nice to say about you because uh, from musically and also personally, like you're one of the most amazing and killing cats I know. So thank you for being you. Thank you, thank you, and uh, you know, I'm I. I I know you, this is about, it's not about you guys, but I have to say that uh, I could only imagine you guys being some of the, the more positive uh, teachers here, in, in, you know, in this, in this age where it's hard to, uh, to stay positive so much. I could just only imagine you guys being a, a, a very positive force uh, on the students that you guys are working with. And I'm, I'm sure extremely engaging, you know, uh, as you are on the bandstand, you know? So, uh, yeah, I just, I wish I was taking your guys' class sometimes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Look, man, I was going to say, uh, for the people out there, they don't know this. Mo- most people don't know this, but because of Ashlyn, I have a music career. Did you know that, Greg? Actually, I didn't know that. How? Yeah. My first gig, my first gig in New Orleans. Yeah, my first gig in New Orleans <laughs> was with Ashlyn at Snug Harbor. Snug Harbor used to have this, this late night hit and I just oh the midnight I was there yeah I was in New Orleans hanging out for no reason and then Ashton was like maybe you want to play a gig tomorrow I ain't even lived I was like yeah bro (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's back it up let's back it up let's let's you know you you back it up and um I remember I had uh a gig at Snug Harbor I think it might have been one of those late nights uh after after E and uh on Friday and I think Simon Lott was on the on the on the gig and he was the one that was like, yo, you should, you got to hear my boy uh, uh, sit in. So it was Simon that, uh, that actually, uh, if I remember that right. Oh, okay. Do I remember that right? Pro- was it Simon? Maybe because I took lessons with Simon when I was in college. Okay. Okay. So- okay. So yeah, you know, and you sat in and you played like, I mean, on the first course, just coming off into my solo, I was like, I need this, I need this cat on the gig. You know, um, you know, just completely fearless, you know, completely fearless. You know, we all messed up that gig that we ended up doing the Kenny Dorm songs, man. You know, it was a, a Kenny Dorm tribute, you know, and, uh, you know, that was a fun one to get give us all the pipe, you know. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't I definitely don't regret, uh, you know, having that. And, and even even if we all fail, but we fail forward, you know. <laughs> Yo, to- totally. You know, let's hurry up. Totally and fail. That's right. Hurry up. Ashley, you remember you did a gig? I guess it was a midnight set, also, but you did it with Jake Saslow. Was that? What? what yeah. What? What? Was yeah. this a different gig? Or was this the same gig? No, no, no. This would have been the same series. Uh, these. Uh, and I think I had. I might even had Colin. Colin Strahan on yeah, that one. I was killing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I was trying to get some of those monk cats in there before they left. You know, and that was the last uh, monk institute in New Orleans. Um, Man, uh, real quick though, Jake Saslaw. I man, I, I I dropped him off, and uh, and this is this is how it, it gets connected to to, to you, Greg. Um, I, I picked him up in Charlotte, and he's like, uh, um, he's like, um, man, I, I got this gig. I'm you know I don't you know I don't necessarily want to tell you what it is. I'm like, what is it? What's the gig? What's the gig? And he's all like, Michael Bublé. I was like, bro, first of all, can I get a loan? <laughs> Second of all. 
Second of all, don't be ashamed that you're out here working. I'm over here doing a $75 gig. Yeah, everybody's crushing. It goes, you know, <laughs> so go ahead and buy a house, man, you know. Absolutely. Um, and uh, fast forward, uh, you know, another 10 years or eight years, six years or something like that. Now you're doing the gig. Hopefully you're not as ashamed of it, though, because that's, that's the, you know, some hitters on there, man. Some hitters in that. Band. I would, man, that's actually one of the most the kill, most killing big bands I've ever played. In. Like, I'm sure it's, it's, it is. I'm super sure it crazy. Is. <laughs> I, I, I think I think folks get confused that, uh, you know, commercial music versus uh, the most enriching soul music you could ever play is not always the same thing. And always, you know, uh, all the, the all the friends that I know that are master jazz trumpet players, they have houses from playing with 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 artists uh, that uh, aren't squished in that that thing of of what jazz is. And they still get blowing time. And, you know, and uh, they end up really enriching those experiences. So if you don't like if you don't like any of that commercial music, we'll make it better. Totally. <laughs> oh, you know? I like that. You know? Like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what I see folks doing. That's always know? what I tell myself with, uh, I went to two high schools and, and uh, one of them was not the most positive experience. And so sometimes they ask me to go back and, and work with the kids. And I always tell myself, I'm always like, oh, I hated this school and everyone was mean to me. But then I was like, you know what? I might be the one person that shows up in this four years of this, this kid's life that tells them something different. So I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to try and make it better. <laughs> so I feel you on that. I was teaching this uh, rearranging and uh, arranging class uh, in, in UNO almost 10 years ago. And I made sure I asked everyone, I was like, all right, so pick a song. Uh, everybody name a song that you hate. That's on the radio. They're just like, Oh my God, once you hear it, it just makes you absolutely crazy. And um, they all picked the song genuinely because they didn't know what was coming. And I said, "Well, great, you're you're next. You forgot what class this was, but I, now your your job is to arrange the song so that's up to your standards or whatever that is. If it needs if it needs new lyrics, if it needs new chords, uh, if it needs new me- a new melody, if it needs a new beat behind it, what what is it? Make it better, you know." And usually it's not making it better. It's just making it better for either a certain audience, you know, or a certain situation, you know, uh, but make it better. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't mm-hmm. see that one coming. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but like, let's, I want to segue back into like, kind of like uh, talking more about you and how you got to this point. But like you were saying, teaching, man, something that I admire about you is I've seen you teach at uh, Tulane a couple of times and, you know, you ha- you're a, uh, you know, that look that like, like a puppy gives you, like when you show up at home, they just love you, man. Like, like te- some teachers have that special ability with their students when they show up and it's just like, everything stops. And they're just like, man, Mr. Parker's here. And you have that ability. And I've seen, I've seen you just like completely uh, captivate a room as an educator. And I was wondering if you would be able to talk about maybe your earlier years of, uh, of being a musician, how you got into music, and maybe if you had any influences that, that you look up to like that when, when you were coming up. Um, well, my senior year of high school, I left a... Um, the magnet school art school that I was going to previously. And I, that was kind of the biggest, um, the biggest level up that I, that I did, uh, at that age. And my teacher was Raymond Mace, uh, the department, the brass department chair of Juilliard. And he flew down every 11 days for like seven, eight hours, taught the, taught the trumpet studio and then flew back. And he did that for 25 years. You know, uh, amazing player. He's the, you know, um, principal trumpet here, principal trumpet here. He's amazing. And I was almost strictly classical uh, at that point. Um, <clears throat> and he, I think he opened up the trumpet uh, in a way that I just, I just wasn't, I was just almost just playing the trumpet. I mean, I really wasn't conscious of what I'm doing with my air, what I'm doing uh with my mouthpieces. I mean, I had mouthpieces that were just terrible for what I was trying to grow. Um, he got me off of those, got my sound, uh, a little bit fuller. Um, 
Uh, but it was so scary coming in those lessons. I, I remember him practicing and I would be scared to knock on the door. He's the nicest guy ever. But when I'm listening to it, I'm, our, I'm just, you know, the, the music is another beast. And I've never heard the trumpet do that before. <laughs> so I would be interrupting something I've never heard before. I mean, it, I don't even understand. So I used to wait for those breaks. You know, I'd wait, sometimes wait five, ten minutes, like, Okay, ding, 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 you know. Um, and then I would come in and he's putting the music away and I'd say, oh, sorry, can I see, you were reading that? Can I see, can I see what you're reading? And it's all these like triplets that, um, that are in like ratios, you know, like it, it sounds like it's speeding up and it sounds like it's slowing down, but it's not, you know, um, and just absolutely crazy uh, stuff. So most of the music that he, he played uh, was commissioned for him in the American Brass Quintet. Um, and in many situations, he'd have to send that stuff back because it's actually beyond the limit of what the horn could do. So that means pretty much all the music he's playing would be on that same border, maybe just a little bit, uh, actually impossible. Oh, no, that's possible. Just really uh, on that line. Um, <clears throat> and... I used to listen to a lot of that music and I, and I had no idea that it would later on influence my free jazz or avant-garde playing. And that's the stuff that I reference every time I play it. Simon Lott's the only person that heard that. Uh, and randomly, he was like, man, you sound like American Brass Quintet. <laughs> I was like, what? First of all, how you, that's what you're listening to? Like on your, on your, you know, you gotta, you know, Simon's got ears, man. You know what I mean? So, you know, you gotta watch that cat, man. Um, but um, <clears throat> that's one of my, my earliest influences. And then I, got, I went off to Conservatory Shenandoah University. Um, and that's kind of when I started to get uh, my theory together and understand how to... I, I had muscle memory for bebop. I just didn't know where the stuff goes. I don't know where, where this stuff goes. I don't know what an altered G7 is or not. So I didn't necessarily have uh, complete control over the vocabulary that, that I had. Um, <clears throat> so... Um, the my teacher that was uh, at at Shenandoah, the solo chair of the Army Blues uh, um, Jazz Ensemble, big band, Craig Frederick, and uh, he whooped me for four years straight. So I I kind of owe most of it to him. He won't he won't take it. But uh, after our first year is really interesting. He you know we did a lot of talking, but after the first year we didn't talk much at all. It was it, he'd play. And then I'd have to hear what he's thinking about. And then I would have to do it. I wouldn't play what he's playing because I could never do that. <laughs> but I would have to think, oh, he's using these alterations on these dominant chords. Or if he's just, he's using this, this uh, uh, two, two motives or these motives. I have to figure out what is he thinking about on this thing? Because I know he's, he's, giving me, uh, he's giving me clues on what to do. And I had to pick it up. And it really helped me uh, moving to New Orleans and getting thrown in this, trumpet battles and uh and just randomness you know and i'm like oh okay uh now i have to do this i have to do this and still trying to uh keep my voice in in all these different genres you know uh playing going from simon lot uh on planet dragons then back when 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 there was so much avant-garde like you know what i mean there was so much avant-garde on frenchman uh yeah exactly um and then I would go to, you know, with Ultra doing a, a Cuban a Cuban gig and then um, a big band gig and then, you know, a fusion gig and then a straight ahead bebop gig. You know, it was just like a lot of different avenues, you know, um, and it's probably my favorite thing about New Orleans um, is in a way like those aren't even genres. There's just different grooves, you know, <laughs> there's like. It, you're still going to have to figure out how you get in there. So no matter what, if I'm playing with a singer songwriter in Nashville, I'm still going to have to figure out how to, you know, be sensitive to, to what's going on. Uh, but then also express myself like how I, I like to express myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with such an open-ended question, I don't want to give you my whole <laughs> life story. Um, but, uh, that it gives you an idea of my education. And I came down, came down in New Orleans, uh, 2007 to get my master's, um, which, uh, I was asked, asked to, to audition. They were like, you need to audition. There's no, no trumpet players auditioning for this Louis Armstrong, uh, 
assistantship program. Oh, yeah. The, so the that quintet, got me man. right into the, exactly. That got me right into the teaching. We were going to, to, to almost every uh, elementary school and middle school and high school in New Orleans uh, with these informances. And, uh, you know, it was amazing seeing five-year-olds scat for the first, uh, allowing uh, five-year-old New Orleanians to scat for the first time. Is pro- you know, I probably didn't believe in blood memory until I moved down here. When I saw a five-year-old scat in the pocket and phrase, you know, I was like, you've never done that before? Wow, you're like literally better than me at this, you know? <laughs> so, so um, you know, so I'm just, you know, I'm, I, it's easy to stay humble, man. I love, I love to, <clears throat> to battle other trumpet players and try to do, do the best we can. But I mean, I, 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 I've, I've been outplayed by folks with finger buttons missing on the horn, man. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, New Orleans is another beast, man, you know? And I love, I love when, when New York musicians come down thinking that they're going, they're going, they're going to kick us over. Uh, like we're all playing whole notes and quarter notes or something, you know? And, <laughs> and then somebody calls Magnolia Triangle on them. And then they're like, wait a minute, y'all have a modern jazz scene here? Yeah, for 60 years. <laughs> over 60 years we've had it. And tons of tunes, you know? I think, man, the most, but, uh, the most uh, interesting thing about you, or, or intriguing, I would say, it, for me, is that you're a true student of the music. And that, it's not too many people like that, man. I remember specifically one time we were hanging out at your house. I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to go to the house and hang out. And you had your trumpet practicing in between. Where you'd be like, yeah, bro. <laughs> I'm like, damn, okay, this dude practicing all day. So I was like, I got to go home and practice. So, so like, it, it, it inspired me to be a better musician to see how dedicated you were to the trumpet. I've actually never seen you without your trumpet. And, I, and, I, and, <laughs> and I've, I've known you for a long time at, this, at you know, over 10, 10 yeah. years at this point, man. Like, yeah. So. I mean, I, I, you know, sometimes I think about that. I mean, I think about the times I showed up on Frenchman without my horn and I've been shamed. I've been called names, <laughs> you know what I mean? On the microphone, you know, it's like, well, that kind of puts stuff in perspective. I go see my heroes. And they and, and and I try to wear a hoodie and be in the back. I remember I was in. I wanted to see Leroy Jones. I didn't want to sit in. I just wanted to. Oh, I just wanted to absorb <laughs> all of it. And I had a, a fitted cap all the way down here with a hood on top of it and braids. And I really thought he would. He called me out from the back of the room. Is that Ashlyn Incognito over there? <laughs> and and and. and uh, you know, so th- there's a there's a whole nother thing is like you almost take offense if you don't bring your horn to, to someone's gig. It's like, wh- like, what? So you're going to save it for some somebody else that deserves it more than me. Oh, what's the what's the logic around not sharing, not sharing in this experience, you know? And it's just like, oh, OK, yeah. No, my logic was I wanted it selfishly. Just I wanted it. I didn't want to share. I wanted to share and not participate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just not it. That's just not the aesthetic that prevails here in New Orleans. This is a participatory uh, art, you know? It's funny, it's funny um, you say all of that stuff. I mean, because when I think of like who in New Orleans is like cultivating a community, you know, I think of a couple of casts like Jesse McBride is one of them. You're also like right up there. Like I remember like getting text messages every Sunday. There'd be like a shed at your house back in the day when you lived on Frenchman street. <laughs> absolutely. And, absolutely. And that's the birth of the trumpet mafia. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. And so then like also like up until like what you're doing now with the trumpet mafia and things like that, and even at teaching over at Tulane and, and your various uh, other, other institutions, like why, why like this community is so important to you and like what drives you to, to be that mentor to a lot of young musicians to these days. You know, well, I have to tell you that I come from two educators. I come from two college administrators. So, and they teach teachers. And so that's, you know, I've, I've had to, I battle with being too didactic at certain points, you know what I mean? And I don't like to uh, offer coaching, um, but I never, I never turn it down. Um, And, you know, in a way I don't, you know, and I don't ask for money for lessons. You know, there's not people watching this. If they, if, 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 if I charge you for a lesson and I teach a lot of lessons, uh, but if I charge you for a lesson, I'm happy to give your money back. You must be the three people I've ever charged, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but, 
um, you know, I've, I, I feel like, you know, if, if, if I went to the Grand Canyon and I'm walking back from the Grand Canyon, it was an amazing experience. And I'm, and I almost fell off and I had all these things and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I survived it and, and I'm well hydrated. And I see Greg flying down that direction. I'm going to let you know that there's a canyon. You know, there's a canyon right there. You probably should slow up. And I don't need you to actually thank me for that. You know what I mean? It's just like I was there. I, it's it's almost just like my civil duty, you know? Um, it, folks did it for me. So, you know, it it would be... It would be really weird from you know to for me to see it any other way. Now, with a lot of the community sheds that I'm doing, it's not necessarily uh, me uh, uh, informal masterclass where Ashlyn's leading it. I mean, <clears throat> there's a uh, there's a phenomenon that I I just can't get over that I I think we learn better socially. I think learning is a social thing. I think if you go in a mountain and do all your learning and, you know, and grow a, a, a 10 foot beard, I just think you'll sound like an alien. And I think it's more social. <laughs> I think it's more a social phenomenon. You know what I mean? Not, you know, not that there's, there's a lot of peace and a lot of things that you could, you could figure out by yourself. Um, but a lot of those are, are at least, a lot of those things are at least, uh, triggered by something that happened uh, with people. So, uh, you, you know, I, I found out what I needed to shed by hearing somebody like, oh, okay, <laughs> I can't do that. And that sounds good. And that's actually a really appropriate for the situation. And I can't do that. So I actually can't play as appropriate to the situation as that, uh, as that person is doing. And I'd like those skill sets, you know? Um, so, <clears throat> You know, I, I to me, I've, I I just want to practice with people. Practicing with myself feels like the last eight months, and we all know what that feels like. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's not as cool. Yeah. It's not as cool. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think everybody kind of that kind of proved the point. You know, it's just like wow, this is a lot of people quitting playing, a lot of people searching for motivation, and uh, it, you're not alone. You're not alone. You know, um, I've been studying motivation for the last year. You know, and it was interesting to go into a motivation crisis, uh, you know, four months into my study and then have Ellis pass and then have have, you know, my inner my all my inner stuff uh, out of whack. You know, I mean, I probably uh, stopped practicing for almost two months. You know, I played I played for people um, safely and from a distance. But and you saw me on one of those, um, <laughs> but, but <laughs> you totally pulled up on it. Um, but um, you know, I, I I I had to love it again. I had to, you know, I, yeah. I'm 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 just I put it. I everything goes over to social the social side for me. I think music, the music I play is social. The 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 learning, the craft of that stuff. It's just all it's all really heavy social phenomena, and that's why I really feel like in in some of these uh these college courses discourses that we need to actually teach students how to get it how to keep a gig you know they they'll wow us with their chops and their abilities and then you know but are you sure that I can put you in a van and for 19 cities without choking <laughs> you you know it's like so you you, yeah. you you know folks folks have to learn that it is a it's a, it's a social game mm -hmm. and you can't just say you're different and, and, you know, you're allowed to be weird. That's fine. You know, weird is cool. I live in New Orleans, you know, like <laughs> some of the, some of the coolest people I know is plenty weird, but if you're weird about being weird, <laughs> then it starts to get extra, extra uncomfortable. You know, you don't need to make people uncomfortable, you know? Um, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of the social game that, that, that folks need to learn. I, I love the books around it. Um, but you know, some the a lot of the I learned was actually just growing up and not speaking as much when I'm around my elders, you know, not trying to control a conversation when I'm when I'm with my elders, you know, and just actually prompt them, try to get the try to get the most information as you can, you know, you you don't they don't need to know much about you, you know, it's not like you know, you know, hey, let me figure out how I can ah they don't like me ah they like me they're like no nah, man keep your eyes on the prize is there something that you want from them. If that one thing is, uh, you know, their, you know, your your respect or something, that's just not what I, 
what I look for, you know, out of an elder. No, they got to respect me. That's just not, don't come at, don't come at elders. That's just a waste of time. You know, if you're going to get the information, get, get good at prompting and getting them to spill the beans. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. That's some great advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ashlyn, this, this just made me think of something I learned in college. What, we had this cat coming in to, you know, clinician or whatever. And everybody's, you know, practicing their best chops in rehearsal. And the band was like, all right, y'all, everybody stop. There is nothing you can play to impress this person who's been playing for 50 years. So right. just play the right. shit right on the page. Like it, you can't, <laughs> you know, it's right. nothing you can do. Right. And, and another thing you said is great too is, is listening more than you're, you talk, you know? Like all those years I played with E, I was just listening. Like he started talking, I'm shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> maybe, please, <laughs> let me just see yeah, what exactly. I can get out of this. It, what can I learn? You know? Exactly. Exactly. You know? And I, I love, I used to, and if it's quiet, you know, because it, it, sometimes it's like, oh, he ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. I'm cool and resting in that. It's just like, wow, I'm eating. I'm eating with E. That's cool, too. You know? It's, you know, that's cool. Rather than, you know, hey, in 1964, when you did this one note, did you, were you thinking of G7 or you thinking of D flat seven? You know? It's like, I, you know, is that what you want from him? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it, you know, so, um, you know, I, 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 I used to love trying to prompt him. I'm like, I bet he, no one's asked him about his time with Blue Mitchell. You know, it's like, tell me about Blue, what's Blue Mitchell? Like, hang on. I want to know what's like, what these folks is like. He knew him, you know, um, he knew everybody, you know? Um, and so the, those stories are, are, are the gold, you know, I've got a couple of little sneak little videos of, of, of me asking him that stuff, you know? and getting that stuff out, you know? Um, but yeah, I think it's important to, to keep your eyes on the prize. You know, we, 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 your, your goal cannot be, uh, you know, oh man, this person thinks I'm amazing. <laughs> Are you amazing? Is that what you want? Is that like, but the scariest thing is like, the, the, like they thought you're amazing, but you're not. So like, you know, you know, no need to, no need to, uh, yeah, no, no need, no need to have them worshiping you. That's not what's going, that's not what's going to happen. That's, Man, that's not no. the purpose of that relationship. Yeah. It's Absolutely like, not. It's not. Absolutely not. It's not. Hey, hey Mr. It's Marcellus, not. I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause it's like, I've seen a lot of people do that and it's, it's, uh, it's painful to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, there's no course, there's no course guys around, around that. So a lot of a lot of folks are killing getting out of getting out of school. Tons of tons of vocabulary, tons of stuff, um, and uh, are expecting something or, or or feel like they're owed something. Mm. And and that's another that's another uh, approach that they approach the masters with. I mean, I spent all this money on this jazz degree. <laughs> I'm a certified master. You know what I mean? I'm I'm cert I'm actually a certified master in this. You know what I mean? So you should totally let me play the rest of the set. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just not. That's just not. You're not owed anything. Yeah. Not, you actually now the dues are starting. That's not even dues. <laughs> that's like oh, get, getting a know? master. That's not even get, dues. getting a master's is like baseline to to begin the process of paying your dues. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like it's like oh now I know. Yeah. It's like you know. Um. But. You know, the, the, I, I have this ontology of learning that my father taught me. It's it's uh, it, 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 it's it's great, and I teach a lot of my students this. Uh, and since this is an educational thing, I'll do it here. And I want to make sure. And then this is this really helps me understand where I, where 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 I'm at because when you say you know something, there's levels. There's just levels of this, you know. And that's why when people are talking about mastery, I just don't I don't have the same definition. Uh, is is something that you can put on a degree after after two years and say that's certified master. But there's two sub levels of learning. These people are not learning. The bottom is the the super jerk. And the super jerk is someone who's participating in a domain where there's standards and practices, but has no idea that there's standards and practices mm -hmm. in this domain. Bull in a china shop, right? Just just knocking over priceless Fabergé eggs, but it's just an interesting noise to him. He didn't know that these were all million dollar, you know, Fabergé eggs, right? Um, clueless. Next level of sub-learning is 
this this uh, the jerk. And the jerk is someone who's participating in a domain where there's standards and practices, but feels like they they don't apply to him or her, right? So this is the 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 hot guy that slaps your girl on her backside because he's just that cool. He just thinks he's that cool that he's above those standards, you know? Or a horn player that comes in and just like, I don't know the tune, but, you know, shoot. You know, I don't need to, I, you know, uh, I got I got, I got, got enough soul that I don't need to worry about changes, you know? It's, uh, that's not how soul works. That's not how none of this works, you know? You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but just my, all the heart, I don't need to know what these changes are or to be able to hear them, you know? Uh so the jerk is the one you actually kind of want to punch a little bit more. They almost feel sorry for the one that's like, what's changes? You know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, the super jerk. I didn't know that's what we're doing here. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. um, then you got the beginner that's getting a, a grasp of the standards and practices um, in a domain. Advanced beginner is is starting to get some flow through the standards and practices within a domain. And a co- and competent is someone who can who can flow freely through the standards and practices in that domain. After that, it's virtuoso. Virtuoso is someone who, who who's uh, competent, can flow freely, um, but yet can do it with his own style, him, his or own, her own style, right? Um, and then mastery is is someone who's competent, can flow freely through the standards and practice, do it with their own style but yet sets new standards or practices within that domain, right? So you don't call yourself a master. When we're shedding your stuff, that's how you, that's when you're, you know, if you can't skip John Coltrane, you can't skip over these, you can't skip over Miles Davis, right? You know, you can't, you know, that's kind of what the thing, they set standards in that, in that domain. So you literally just can't skip them yeah. or you might, end, you might end yourself uh, in, in, in a jerk territory, you know? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, and so, like, you know, there's a lot of domains that, you know, just from, you know, from the first tune to the second tune, but also from one bandstand to the next, uh, the bandstand to the green room, you know, uh, the, the the domain changes, you know. Um, and, you know, you just have to make sure that you're always looking and trying to make sure you're aware, of, at least aware <laughs> of the standards and practices that are happening right now. And that will keep you out of a lot of social issues uh, that you could have as long as you are aware that that's what there's going on. If you're not aware, then you could be a super jerk somewhere, just knocking stuff over. You don't even know. You might want to ask somebody, am I tripping? <laughs> you know, uh, that's why it's good to have mentors and good and big brothers and mm-hmm. big sisters that, that uh, aren't just there to tell you, you sound great. You know, Absolutely. your mom, your mom's always, it's just, you're always killing <laughs> You're always going to be killing. You're always the nicest person. You need somebody that's just like, I mean, you know, you kind of, you got, you know, you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you need somebody to tell you that. Yeah. Like, cause you, you, you know. The interesting thing about um, music education is this, once you finish school, which school and music that don't go together, pers- in my personal opinion, and once you finish school, you realize that that paper you just paid for is meaningless. Because you can't show up to an Ashlyn Parker gig with your master's or doctorate degree in jazz or fucking composition and say, hey, man, um, I'm on this gig now. I'm qualified. That doesn't qualify you at all. Yeah. You, you can sit in on the last tune just like the 15 year old kid. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? That's 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 what it's going to give it, you. You know, I you, you might get rights. So I might be pretty impressed. I'm like, wow, you you did all that for a doctor. Right. Wow. OK, uh. We'll see. I mean, come sit in. And then if you do not play like a doctor, like, you know, like a medical doctor, we don't play with the proficiency of a medical doctor and the precision of a medical doctor. It almost is worse. It almost is. It's almost going to backfire on you. Absolutely. You know, you know, so don't if you're not if you're not if you haven't figured it out at a master's degree, don't get a doctor. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that's really bad advice but i'm just saying like you know I, we're, we're 40 years into into uh a, a tradition that's very harmful for mu- musical education that that is the tradition of those who can't do teach Oof. right come on now and so that's why i i admire <clears throat> teachers like you guys are are actually playing you're actually in the scene you're actually on the gigs you're actually 
in the lineage of this stuff. And that's kind of what we're missing uh, across the board. You know, we need folks that are in the profession to accurately assess what tools need to happen in this profession. You know, otherwise it's just tools to sound killing. And that's so subjective. That's, I think that's one of the reasons why I love Alvin Baptiste so much, because if I ever had a question for him, I could just look at what he was doing. I just knew that I just needed to do what he was doing. He, and there was nothing he mm. could say to me. He wouldn't because he wouldn't say it. He would just do it all the time. And I feel like that's that's the importance right. of being on the scene as a working musician is like, how do you teach someone? How do you teach someone to be a musician? Well, you got to be a musician yourself first. <laughs> how do you teach someone <laughs> right. to work? Right. You got to work. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, you can't. I, in a way, you can't teach anybody anything. You, you can show them the water's warmer on your side. <laughs> That's that, true too. <laughs> but, but I feel like it's like again, like I guess ultimately, you know, you have to be the example yourself. People will see exactly. that if they can digest that difference between them and you or whatever. You know, you, we can work towards that. A- absolutely, like that. out of sight, out of mind. I'm sorry, it's out of sight, out of mind. You know. I can't tell you how many, um, and I know you want to go to a break, but uh, <laughs> I, I can't. T- I can't tell you how many female musicians that I've taught in the last in the last ten years that picked up their instrument because they saw Esperanza Spalding, you know, or they saw you know Tia Fuller, mm-hmm. and that's kind of you know that that that's my thing. It's the same thing if you're growing up in a neighborhood without black doctors and black lawyers. You don't think that that's for you. Absolutely. You know, it's the same thing. It's like you, you, you have to see somebody in that seat that looks like you and doing that thing, you know, and and uh, that that's what gets you on track, you yeah. know, but at least get you motivated and and raise your self-efficacy, because that's kind of one of the biggest issues is people don't believe in their own abilities. Absolutely. You know? Representation um, matters. So man. when you see it, you start to believe it. Mm-hmm. Look, hey, you know, we did it. I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know? There you go. All right, we're gonna take five minutes, not even five, three minutes, and 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 uh, we'll be right back, y'all. back here um got darian and ashlyn parker in the house yo um well we just have a couple minutes left and so ashlyn i I, we kind of just like covering covering all kinds of things and and um but i I know recently you know we're we're in the age of covid and this is what this november 16th 2020 and i know you just kind of went through oh man were you just playing trumpet i was playing is that steven lands is that steven (laughs) lands I was trying. Yeah, I was that was Steve. To steal that was Steve. Stuff, man. Yeah, I just had a little COVID scare. It was, I was, that was so scary. I had my first negative uh, test today, but I was exposed five days ago. Um, and mm. it's increasingly hard as as the rates are going up to uh, get ourselves back into an April, uh, April, March kind of frame of mind of just you know, um, level five, level back at level five mask. Don't, I mean, Thanksgiving to me is, I mean, just impossible. I don't, you know, you know, I don't know how you guys going to do it, but be very safe. Uh, and what you do It's going, you know, if you do get sick, it's going to be somebody you love and you trust and you can't hate them that, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Before I, the guy that, that exposed me knew the next day that he was exposed. It's just so hard to, to keep that stuff traced, you know, you know, so, uh, you know. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with whether you love or you respect the other person. <laughs> it's like you, sometimes you don't even know yourself if you've been exactly. exposed and by the time you find out it's yeah, too late. Exactly. You know? So, um, 
What's that? <laughs> stay your ass at home. How about yeah, that? I mean, you know, <laughs> stay home and, and 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 cook your own food and and or, or wipe down all your deliveries. You know, I'm back on that. I'm back to you know, phase one, I guess. You know. But you remember, you remember after Katrina though, like being in New Orleans, like you just like you just see anyone in the street and you'd be like, man, so what happened to you during Katrina? <laughs> I feel that's kind of like what's going on now with COVID, where it's just like you can just talk, you can strike up a conversation with anyone, and we're about to talk about COVID. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, you know, I still have friends getting sick. You know, we still have friends, long haulers. We still got long haulers, you know, seemingly super healthy folks that are still, they got sick months and months ago that are still, um, that are still suffering some uh, residuals, you know. So, it's, we don't know anything about this virus, so don't act like you do. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. You know, you know what works. Keep doing the discipline and keep your keep up your vitamins, keep your immune system high. Here we go. You know. Yeah. Look, before we go, man, I do want to give you an opportunity to plug a few things, and then I I want to talk about Pat Casey and the new sound and some of the other bands you played. Yeah. In. Uh, I don't have anything. I don't have anything for sale, Darren. Uh, you know. Uh, you know. Well, just tell tell them how they can connect with you on the socials and such. I mean, you know, I <clears throat> a lot of the music uh, that I release, I just I throw clips on Instagram. Um, I don't record not yet uh, in my own my own projects. Um, but I'm on a. My mom told me the other day. I think I'm on forty records. I didn't even know that. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't keep up with it, and I absolutely do not like the way I record. And how I, how it sounds. I, I feel like I'm an outside trumpet player or something. You know, it's just like put me in this little room, and I feel the pressure. Like literally, I, I actually cannot play in a booth. One of those like booths where you close it up. Yeah. Now I can actually yeah. like it shuts off my range after high C. I can feel the pressure when it's when it's wind locked like that. You know. Um. But um. Yeah. I'm. I like playing for people. I like I like the social thing. So the, my best studio sessions were where it felt like. We were just hanging. It felt like people, I wasn't just staring at a whole bunch of wires and it didn't look superficial. You know what I mean? Didn't seem superficial. Right. That's, you know, um, those are my best, my best situations. When I know there will be no second take, I, I do, I do pretty well, you know, um, you know, but <laughs> if I, if I know, oh, we go, we can do this again. Oh, then it's just, I'm just in a, I get into this weird cycle, you know? Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Is that because every, technically every time could be better, right? Every time, like tomorrow, can we just do this again tomorrow? It'll be better, you know, and it'll just never stop, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah. um, <clears throat> uh, I'm really pleased with uh, uh, w- w- my one of my French uh, besties, uh, one of my besties from France anyway, um, uh, Calloway. Uh, her record is pretty, pretty awesome. And it's very... Um, it's very diverse. It's, it's all over the place, um, stylistically. And it's just a really, I really like it. Um, and that's her, uh, that's her, uh, record called, uh, Saison. And, and it's a, it's a really, it's a really good record. Um, so I recommend checking that out. I'm on a track on, uh, Gabby Cavazza's, uh, record. Um, uh, 19th and Judah, I think is the name of the, the track. Not, completely sure <laughs> I think that's the block I think that's the block in reference um and um uh, I'm on the the nojo CDs um um yeah but you know buy that stuff I don't necessarily make any money off of that but you could get a more idea uh what I sound like I think um, my Instagram has more. I'm more exposed musically what is, on what, my what, Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? It's just Ashley Parker, Parker, right? Yeah, killing. No, no fancy jazz in there. Well, let me just having 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 been like in the car several times driving and hearing like I was like, man, who's that trumpet player? And then hearing Fred Casting go and Ashlyn Parker on the trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like just like him too. You sound just like I'm Fred. always like, damn, Ashlyn. I mean, you know, let me say, like, as every time I hear you, it's always a pleasure, no matter if it's on a recording session, Sunday night with Pat Casey or, or playing with <laughs> E, you know, playing with E back in the day. I mean, you're one of my favorite trumpet players to listen mm-hmm. to, and, and you have, uh, you know, 
you have a beautiful voice on that instrument, man. You're one of the most killing, you, killing trumpet players and most killing people I know. Man, R.I.P. Ellis, though, man. Like, yeah. you know, to me, I, I learned so much. There's people that told me that I was, that, that, that I, 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 you know, I scored that gig too late in my career. And I, I was like, that's not, I just don't agree. I don't agree. I think I learned so much in the last six years, you know. I mean, even that transferred over to education, you know, like almost instantly, um, uh, let alone my, my, my practices. But, um, you know, uh, I think that was probably the, the most I learned off of one bandstand for sure in my life, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I, I feel the same. Yeah, man. You know, you know, so much, you know, so much you can learn from there. You know, it's all in there. It's all in there. It's all in there. Man, before we go, man, I want to talk because you you are a community activist, bro. We saw you tearing down statues. Hey, hey no, no, no. I was playing. You're going to give me a 10-year oh, oh, sentence, oh. bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, was, I was playing while they were legally uh, removed by the mayor. Uh, oh, is yes. that what happened? Yes. Okay. But what, what's your motivation for that? Because a lot of cats would, wouldn't even go out there to play. They would stay home, watch it on CNN, you know? Yeah, I, I actually, I, I understand. I want to know what the motivation is for to, to do that. It sounds like avoidance, you know? Hmm. That sounds like avoidance hmm. to me, you know what I mean? So, you know, um, you know, I think my initial reasoning was because of who was out there protecting those those statues, as if they could really do that. And I, I just wanted to make sure that they... they uh, we we made them seem as silly as they are, you know, uh, and not 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 uh, glorify uh, what was going on. So you know, we would play, you know. I mean, it, we had borderline antagonizing them to a certain point. So I had to we had to we had to really pace it. We had to pace it well, you know. <laughs> and at a certain point, they started cheering on the songs that that uh, I, I I was uh, trying to insult them with. Um, they, wow. they started to actually, uh, <laughs> dig them, you know, like the playing Star Spangled Banner and Harmonic Minor, you know, um, and, and, and not, 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 uh, not Melodic Minor. Like I felt because Trump got in that we needed one more flat in there. You know what I mean? That's why we did it. And, you know, uh, <laughs> Harmonic Minor, but at a certain point they're like, wow, it sounds like Russian. And then like, you know, they're like, uh, they started, they started taking their hat off for it. And then that's why I started wow. doing a visual. I had to add a visual representation of what I was trying to really communicate. So I I did it with a knee, and then that's when they really they they they, they didn't care for the performances anymore. But um, uh, I think this is an historic thing. I think I you know I, I went to college uh, in Winchester, Virginia, which which claim to fame was they they switched over from the north to south like you know, 149 times or something ridiculous like that. And that's like, wow, that's not something to celebrate to me. Like, you don't know who you are. Like, you have no backbone. <laughs> but, you know, um, right. But, you know, there was Civil War re- reenactments all over the place, all over the place, you know. And I remember, um, you know, I, I remember the details that they would have in these Civil War. I mean, like, yeah, John was on the top of this mountain and then he said this and then he walked down and he was wearing these socks. And blah, blah, blah. And that's like, wow, you guys have agreed on what you were wearing, where the sun was, you know, um, what this guy said to this guy. But you still haven't agreed on why you were fighting the war. You know, it's just silly. It's silly, you know. Um, and so <clears throat> when I moved down here, I, I was at Privateer's Place. And I remember my GPS, my GPS saying, <clears throat> you know, take a right on Robert E. Lee Drive. I was like, what? I just got out of that. I thought I was coming to Chocolate City, you know? I was like, are you serious? You said, and I got, I was like, is it saying, yeah, see, Robert E. Lee, wow. And then I saw all the statues and I was like, wow, this is amazing, actually. It's like amazing that, you know, in New Orleans, out of all places, would have any of these, any of these statues up here, you know? And they're, they're intimidating. They're super tall. They're, they're, they're towering over the rest of the town. And it's just, you know, to me, it's amazing. Amazing that they were there this long, you know? Um, and I, I was extremely insulted by their, their, their existence, you know, um, and, and yeah. more about more insulted by their placement almost than, than that, that somebody made a statue out of them. And I was like, okay, that, that's your hero. That's your hero. But is that New Orleans hero? I did I didn't, I just don't right. think we're, we, we, we're, we're, we're agreed on that. So have fun putting that wherever you want to put it. Just, just not in the middle of 
you know. Uh, yeah. Yes, I mean, that's the same thing. They renamed Congo Square. when it, The same name was one of these statues. I mean, it's the same campaign. It's the same campaign that would, you know, that that, that would uh, dust uh, dust Tulsa under the rug. Most of most of America found learned about Tulsa this year when the president when the president accidentally uh, booked <laughs> booked the Tulsa rally on Juneteenth. They learned, but people learned about Juneteenth and they learned about the massacre in Tulsa. You know, it's like that. Uh, if he didn't make that mistake, I don't. I still think, uh, you know, it'd be a large percentage of this country that wouldn't know didn't didn't know about that 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 history. You know, um, which is a direct statement towards uh, American education. Exactly, and, exactly, and, and that's the same. You know, that's the same marketing uh, marketing engine that uh, titled jazz as well. You know what I mean? So you know, it's just, it's all in the same stuff. As you start unpacking this stuff. You're like, wow, who's, who's, who, what campaign is this? You know, you know, we come in, we come in the end of campaigns and we almost don't know what, what, what they're trying to sell us. You know, we weren't at the beginning of it, you know, um, same thing with, you know, classical music. I mean, we're at the, we're at the, you know, we're at a, a somewhere in, in, in the middle of a save the classical campaign where classical music campaign, where every city in this country has subsidized uh, subsidized classical music, but every city doesn't have subsidized American music, you know? You have Jazz at Lincoln Center, it's, you know, you know, uh, just just a handful, huh? One of one. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have other nonprofits, try, you know, you know, trying trying to get these things happening, you know, um, but uh, nothing like uh, New York Philharmonic, you know, nothing like, you know, Boston Pops, Um and that's what I would like to see in the future. I'd like us to see us uh, invest in American music. There's nothing wrong with it, with, with classical music. Um, the pedagogy starts to have some things wrong with it. Uh, anytime you add anything to music, that's when this problems start happening, you know? And that's that's uh, no exception <laughs> to music education. That's why, you know, we probably have some revamping to do in the future, you know? Uh, but all the isms Absolutely. start showing up. Nothing, they're not in the music. You know, the isms aren't in the music. It's once you add a word to music production, music education, music business. Okay, there's the isms. There we found them. We found them. You know, um, so yeah, that's one of my that's one of my ambitions is to uh, see some more subsidized, uh, um, you know, American music, Black American music. You know, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. absolutely. Look, bro, Ashlyn, man, it's been a, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. But, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, we ran out of time. Unfortunately, we got to get you back, man. You yeah, I, was, I feel like we were just warming up. Did you, is, did you start recording yet? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just catching up. I didn't know this was part of it. All right, cool. <laughs> awesome, man. It's my pleasure, Cats. Yeah, it's my bro. pleasure. You know, my pleasure. Man, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. My name is Darian Douglas. My name is Gregory Ajid. Y'all check out Ashton Parker online. Wonderful trumpet player, wonderful person. And before I leave, I just want to say Alvin Baptiste used to always say, the schism is mm, to the ism. Hey. <laughs> and I like his definition of black American music too, you know, um, uh, or jazz. He said uh, just Afri- African-oriented rhythms uh, uh, expressing themselves in the United States conditions. You know, you know, that's all, that's all it Ooh, is. So let's change dude. the conditions. We might I be able to, that. you know, deal with some more music, you know. <laughs>